Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Imagine your new bathroom. A sparkling new tub. A modern shower conversion. A seamless new wall. All done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers. Delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter. 35 years of better bath remodels. go it's that time again matt connerton unleashed and we are live from the studios of wmnh 95.3 fm in glorious mm, a little damp a little rainy but glorious downtown manchester new hampshire also on comcast 97 if you're in manchester and hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe and of course you can go to my website mattconnerton.com for all of your live streaming options social media links contact info show archives etc etc today is thursday march 24 2022 so welcome, everybody. So nice to have you all with me today. Uh, later in the show, in the uh, second hour, I will be joined by the people's mayor, Glenn R.J. Willette. So he'll be uh, popping in for a bit. So always look forward to seeing him. Although I'll tell you what, when he walks into the room now, I hardly recognize him. I can't get over the lack of beard. You know, he had that big uh, that big beard on his face for so long. It was like the, you know, like a COVID beard, I, I think might be the term. But, uh, you know, and very helpful to him when he uh, plays Santa in the, uh, you know, in the uh, the Christmas holiday season. But uh, but no, but I think it I think he looks better uh, without it. Uh, clean shaven. He is the people's mayor. After all, we want uh, we want to be able to see his face. Uh, so <laughs> so we look forward to that. Glenn will uh, Glenn will be with us uh, a little bit later. Uh, I do want to remind you, of course, that we are proudly sponsored by the Hopknot. In the Brady Sullivan, right across the street, it is Thursday, which means tonight is Trivia Night at the Hop Knot, hosted by the great Bill Cini. Uh, Bill, of course, also does trivia on the morning show on Wednesdays, but on Thursday nights, he's at the Hop Knot, a very popular feature there. Uh, if you're thinking about doing that, though, I suggest you reserve your table early. Those spots fill up very quickly because it is such a popular event every Thursday night at the Hop Knot Trivia Night. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, they've got uh, Paul Horan. I should double-check that make sure I have the name correctly. Uh, we'll be playing there. <laughs> they've got live music every Friday night. It is Paul Horan, isn't it? I'm going to double-check that. Uh, sometimes on Saturday nights, they have karaoke. Wednesday nights, they have industry night. They've got a lot going on there at the Hop Knot. And, of course, uh, Juneteenth, we'll be talking more about that as that gets closer, and I have more details on it. That's still a couple of months away. But this year, Juneteenth is going to be huge 
uh, or as our former president might say, huge, because he doesn't really pronounce his H's, which is not that unusual, but uh, anyway, uh, Juneteenth. You know, a lot of people didn't even know about Juneteenth until uh, uh, former uh, President Trump uh, told people about it. Remember that? He took credit for that. He wasn't completely wrong, actually. I guarantee you there are some MAGA people who had no idea what Juneteenth was prior to him mentioning it, but... Anyway, so we are so very honored and proud to have the Hopknot as a sponsor. Eric Pilcher is asking in the Facebook live chat uh, about a new sponsor. So I'm not going to, I am not prepared uh, to make a formal announcement yet. Um, it is a done deal, uh, essentially, effectively. I went and uh, met with them today, and uh, they're absolutely on board. Uh, they're going to send me... Um, something so I can uh, produce uh, an ad for them and uh, management has approved it and is uh, very excited. So, uh, so it's definitely happening, but until the ad is ready to go and uh, you know, uh, everything's uh, uh, all the uh, I's are dotted and the T's crossed and everything with that and everything is in place and ready. uh, I will not uh, make a formal announcement until that point, but that is going to be happening very, very soon because uh, it is happening, so it's just a matter of uh, getting a couple of uh, of things done to make everything final, and then we will have a brand new sponsor. Uh, the only thing is, uh, I will tell you, I'll 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 give uh, a hint. Uh, again, I don't think it would be appropriate to make any official announcement yet, but um, I will say it is somebody that I feel really, really good about. Uh, somebody that uh, Jenny uh, really um, uh, helped uh, facilitate this. Uh, actually, were not for her, this wouldn't be happening. Same with the Hopknot. Actually, Jenny's the one who made the initial connection there, too. Um, you know, and then it was just a matter of closing the deal. So uh, she's very good at that. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've got some skills in that area, too. But she, she's really excellent at networking and, and uh, communicating with people. And um. So it's it's somebody that I'm very, very excited about uh, because uh, it's going to be uh, enormously positive. Uh, folks uh, from uh, the organization who is coming on board have been here before. Um, only, uh, you know, only a, a handful of times, but they have been here before talking about health and uh, pain management and things that are really um, things that a lot of our listeners are are uh, interested in. And it also connects to another issue that we talk about a lot on the show. So I did just drop a, a pretty big hint there. But um, but when the time is right, which could be as soon as tomorrow, um, if not, definitely next week. But when it is uh, the appropriate uh, moment to do so, I will make a, an official uh, formal announcement on the show about who the uh, newest sponsor is that we're bringing on to Matt Connerton Unleashed and adding to our wonderful uh, roster of uh, sponsors here at WMNH 95.3 FM. So very, very uh, excited about it. It is wonderful. And by the way, of course, not only will will they be sponsoring, but, you know, we'll bring them on uh, when they're available to come in and, and, you know, answer questions from listeners and address various concerns. It's uh, something that's going to be, I think, very useful and practical and uh, just really exciting. So um, I'm, I'm, I can't wait. I can't wait to be able to tell you more about it. But that is going to be happening uh, very soon. Like I said, it could be as uh, it could be as early as tomorrow, but uh, but if not, definitely next week. So things continue to grow here. Things continue to evolve uh, as I approach my five year anniversary, uh, April fourth. It will be five years of Matt Connerton Unleashed right here on WMNH ninety five point three, and I'm so grateful. Uh, the wonderful people here for uh, giving me this opportunity and inviting me into the family. And I really do think of it as a family that, 
Some people might think that sounds trite or, you know, corny or whatever, but uh, no, I, I really do think of it as a family here. And um, so it's uh, it's wonderful to to continue to be a part of it and to be a part of the the growth and the evolution of, uh, you know, not only of, of this program, but, but of WMNH. So it's, it's, trust me, uh, believe me when I tell you, it is not something I ever for one single second have taken for granted. Um, it's, it's, uh, something I'm, I'm so happy, uh, for to have and, and, and everything. So, and so grateful to all of you who participate in the show and listen, whether you, uh, you know, whether you, whether you tune in for a couple of minutes out of the week <laughs> or whether you're here every day for the full two hours, I, uh, I love and appreciate all of you. So anyway, I guess I'm a little sappy today. It must be the, <laughs> must be the rainy weather. No, but I think gratitude is important and you should let people know that you appreciate them. And, um, you know, life is short and none of us knows how long we're here. So it's, it's important to let the people who you appreciate know that you appreciate them. And I appreciate all of you. I appreciate the audience. I appreciate uh, everyone here at WMNH, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and of course I love and appreciate Jenny who, uh, like I said, it, you know, she, uh, without her, uh, you know, uh, this, uh, many things, uh, would not be possible in my life. So, but, um, yeah. So anyway. And I appreciate the People's Mayor, Glenn R.J. Willette, who will be here uh, in the uh, second hour today. I also appreciate, I mentioned uh, Eric Pilcher is in the Facebook live chat today. He sent me his film review for tomorrow. Eric Pilcher, of course, from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and the PilcherSpoint.com website, which has a lot of great content there. But Eric does a classic film review for us every Friday here on the show, which has become uh, over the span of a few months, a, a very, very popular feature here on the program. I get a ton of great feedback on it every week. This week, the film is Animal House, and so you will get to hear that tomorrow. Uh, I did listen to it today. Eric does a great job. He always asks me for feedback. He wants to know, you know, how he could improve it and whatnot, and pointers. And I, But I really I, I almost feel badly in the, in the sense that I want to be able to give him uh, feedback and suggestions, but... He does a great job already, so there's really not much to tell him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I want to be able to say, you know, Eric, I, I really like this, but maybe you could do more of this or don't do this or whatever. But I, I think the film reviews are so good the way they are. I, I don't have any suggestions. You know what I mean? So, But, um, but I appreciate Eric, and uh, so I will uh, share that with you tomorrow. Uh, Animal House, this week's classic film review from our friend Eric Pilcher, and um, it's really good. It made me, it's funny listening to it. I haven't seen Animal House since I was a kid. Um, I remember watching it one summer when I was visiting uh, my mom out in uh, out in Illinois, and, um, you know, she wanted to show it to me because I hadn't seen it. And, uh, you know, I, I was a kid, but, you know, my family never really shielded me from rated R uh, entertainment necessarily because, uh, you know, they, uh, there was a presumption that I was mature enough to handle it, and of course I was. But um, but listening to the review, it, it made me want to watch it again, and it's been literally decades <laughs> since I've seen it. But uh, I was listening, and um, you know, a couple of the film clips that he uh, included in the review, I was laughing out loud, and I could kind of, even though it's been so long since I've seen it, I could I could visualize the scene as I'm listening to the dialogue. It's it's kind of funny, and Belushi is just fantastic in that movie. So. Um, so anyway, that will be tomorrow on the program. This week's classic film review is Animal House. 
Uh, if you would like to join us on the program today, 603-250-6007 is the number to call. 603-250-6007. And um, our friend Ron, first one out of the gate today. Hi, Ron. What's on your mind? Nothing. Nothing. Just Animal House talk real quick. Yes. Um, I guess that guy Flounder, I remember reading about it. He um, passed away last year. Yeah, I think you had mentioned that once before uh, for another for a different reason. I'm I'm not sure why, but for some reason uh, that had come up on the show before. And I remember you calling in and mentioning uh, the passing of uh, Flounder. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, that being said, but uh, yeah, classic movie. And um, he was pretty young. I don't have no. I don't really don't know his exact age, but I mean, he was only like twenties and then plus some. You know what I mean? He was pretty young when he made that movie. Oh yeah, he had to be uh, had to be a a, a young man at the time but yeah uh, it's a shame it's, uh, made some bad choices in life and uh you know it took him out because uh he was up there with the john candies and all those others you know he could have could have carried the torch a long ways he was a funny guy well why what when you said he made some bad choices what do you mean did he get into the uh the drugs and alcohol or uh yeah the drugs uh, and the alcohol right well well you should have watched uh, some of those Just Say No uh, commercials in the 80s. That would have kept yeah, him on the straight and narrow. Listen to Mrs. Reagan. Just Say No. That's right. Oh, wow. Well. Just Say No. Yeah. Well, All well. right. I'm looking forward to tomorrow, guys. <laughs> yes, we're looking or, forward to that I don't that know if you're well. alone tonight or not. What's that? I'm sorry, Ron? I said, I don't know if you're alone. I said, I'm looking forward to tomorrow, guys. And then I oh. said, geez, I don't know if he's alone or not. Oh, well, I am currently alone in the studio, although the people's mayor, Glenn R.J. Willett, will be joining me later so what we'll do is we'll take your plural uh, declaration of guys and we'll just uh, put that aside and hold it for the second hour. And then when Glenn gets That'll here. That'll be fine. When Glenn hey, gets here, uh, I, I'll relay it. Just before I hang up, so I really, I don't want to screw this up. And <laughs> if I don't write things down, I don't remember. <laughs> I know where all you're meat going. Lovers, all meat lovers with mushrooms everywhere and then split it in half. Well, not split it in half, but half with. Black olives and halves with regatta. Is that was that what you guys were looking for? You got it, Ron. You got it, my friend. I, I got it. You got it this time. I I still got your number. If the door's locked and I have to call you, I'll give you a shout. All right, perfect. That sounds great. Hey, looking forward to it. See you guys tomorrow. All right, thank you, Ron. We'll see you soon. Bye bye. All right, that was our friend Ron, and that opens up a line for you, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. You can also text me at 617-917-4476, tweet me at Matt Connerton, or send me an email to matt at mattconnerton.com. But, of course, the best thing to do so that we can hear and enjoy your dulcet tones is to give us a call at 603 603- 2506007 and yes we will be seeing Ron tomorrow night for Retro Spectrum Radio with Paulie C we'll give that a plug and a quick reminder of course uh, that is every Friday night from 7:30 to 10 p.m. Uh, Friday is my favorite day of the week I'm, I I pull double duty here and I love it I get to spend the bulk of the the day here doing this show and then uh, being on Paul's show it's a lot of fun but uh, Retro Spectrum Radio starting at fr- at uh, 7:30 tomorrow night Friday night uh, of course. Uh, I am one of Paul's co-hosts, along with our friends Dan Randlett and DJ Steve, and Ron will be here with us as well this week. And here's what's on the docket, the theme, because every week is a different theme on Paul's show. Here comes the rain again. Here comes the sun. Here comes my girl. Baby, come back. Come back and stay. This Friday night on Retro Spectrum Radio, we all come together, come as you are, or don't come at all. You know, so you get the theme of this week's show. 
So uh, we look forward to that uh, quite a bit, quite a bit. Uh, let's see. We'll say hello to everybody in the Facebook live chat, and then we'll get into some stuff. Pretty eventful day today with uh, the president traveling to Europe and all of that. Uh, there is uh, plenty to discuss, that is for sure. But I do want to say hello to everybody on Facebook. Uh, Mike Palapita joins us. Mike, of course, from another one of our great sponsors here at WMNH 95.3, Queen City Cabinetry in the historic Sunbeam Mall. So hello, Mike. Uh, they've been here, speaking of sponsors, they've been here uh, at WMNH for several years now, too. Uh, Dirk Don from the great state of Iowa joins us in the Facebook live chat. Dirk has uh, a couple of great YouTube channels you should check out and subscribe to. I recommend it. Uh, he's got, of course, Arrogant Media and the newer Java Fog YouTube channel. In fact, Dirk did a live stream a couple of nights ago that was phenomenal but uh, great content there. I do suggest you uh, subscribe to those. Uh, Jenny is in the Facebook live chat, of course. Uh, Eric Pilcher, I mentioned, is in there. Rocky Huber also joins us and says, what's up, family? Um, Rocky says, uh, whatever happened to the sidekick Glenn used to have? Oh, that's a good question. Well, that'll be a great question for, uh, I'll try to remember that, Rocky, and feel free to remind me in there if I forget to ask him in the second hour when he's here. But uh, actually, it's funny. Uh, the People's Mayor Glenn R.J. Willett, he's had a few. Uh, he's had a few sidekicks over the years. So I'm not even sure which one you mean. Uh, I can think of a few. Uh, Tom Blanchard joins us in the Facebook live chat. Hello, Tom. Uh, let's see. <laughs> um, couple comments in there. I'll I'll skip just because they're a little out of context now, but they're funny. Uh, Miriam Banish joins us in the Facebook live chat. Hello, Miriam. I got to see Miriam uh, last night, actually. Very nice to see her. Uh, Eric Street joins us and says, uh, oh, he's asking about, uh, I don't really know. I, I won't mention it because they're not with us anymore who, he's, uh, who Eric is talking about, but uh, I have no idea, Eric. I, I, I don't know. Um, couldn't, uh, that was, uh, I was not the one handling that account. We'll put it that way. So I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, Ricky Litwinkowicz from New York City. Ricky is a real, real New Yorker. Uh, joins us in the Facebook live chat. Hello, Ricky. Uh, Ricky says, I'm celebrating five years of Pain Train Pipe Bomb this weekend. Well, congratulations to you. Uh, Pain Train Pipe Bomb is uh, one of the uh, shows that Ricky does online. Uh, Ricky, uh, also a producer of a lot of great content. So uh, follow, you can follow Pain Train Pipe Bomb and, and the other uh, programs connected to that online. I recommend that. They do a lot of great stuff. Um, Tom Blanchard says, yes, Matt, my car club, Jack Customs, appreciate your mention uh, of our cause, uh, homeless veterans. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I always, uh, please, Tom, um, any, anytime you're in the chat room, or even if you message me or email me, uh, I, you know, I absolutely anything I can do to help spread the word about that. That is so important. I mean, it, and really, I, I think we can all agree on this. Uh, the, the, the term, the phrase homeless veteran, that should not even exist. That should not be a part of the American vernacular. Uh, there's no reason a veteran should ever be homeless. And, you know, and I, and of course, that gets us into a larger issue about we need to take better care of our veterans, uh, just generally, of course. But, um, but uh, yeah, any anything we can do to help with that uh, cause, Tom, it, it is so very very important. Uh, Miriam Banish in the chat room says, "I was so sad. Flounder died. Uh, he was an amazing actor. Uh, he was also on Saint Elsewhere and Babylon Five. I did not know that." Uh, Stephen First 
uh, was the name of the actor. Oh, yes, okay. Now that you mention the name of the actor, I can picture him, actually. Stephen First. Uh, he died from complications due to diabetes. Uh, oh, okay. So that is what, uh, not the uh, not the drugs and the alcohol, but uh, diabetes. Or as Wilford Brimley would say, diabetes. All right. Dirk Don is uh, very uh, excited for uh, Paul's show tomorrow night. Okay. Very good. Hell yeah, we all come together. That's right. Okay. 603-250-6007 is the number. 603-250-6007. If you would like to join us today. Um the president did go. I guess this would be the uh, <laughs> Eric Pilcher says, Matt, my agent might be calling in. Yes, Eric wants to renegotiate his deal now that uh, we have a new sponsor coming on. Um, president Biden did travel to Europe. And um, some news coming out of that. It's funny, Jenny and I were talking about this uh, specific uh, subject earlier in the day. Uh, Biden said, this is from Reuters.com. Biden says he thinks Russia uh, should be removed from the G20. Uh, would not be the first time Russia has been uh, removed from something <laughs> of that nature. Uh, you might recall uh, there used to be a G8 and it became the G7 when Russia decided to annex Crimea from Ukraine. Uh, but they are still a part of the G20 and they have not been yet uh, kicked out of the UN, of the United Nations, uh, of the uh, Security Council. But uh, let's look at this. Uh, Reuters.com reporting, uh, President Joe Biden said he thinks Russia should be removed from the group of 20 major economies. And the topic was raised during his meetings with world leaders in Brussels earlier today. Uh, Biden said, quote, my answer is yes. Uh, depends on the G20, unquote, when asked if Russia should be removed. By the way, before we go any further with this, just um, something that occurs to me. You know, the G20 is for major global economies. If Russia, even if they are not removed because of what they're currently doing, their aggression, their invasion of Ukraine, uh, would there not potentially in the future, uh, maybe even the near future, come a point where Russia simply is no longer qualified to be a part, to be considered uh, a, a, a viable part of the group of 20 major economies in the world. Because Russia's economy, as a result of the sanctions and embargoes, etc., is currently being ground, their economy is being ground into dust. Uh, the ruble is virtually worthless. Uh, the stock market, the Russian stock market has been closed for, for the past month. Uh, apparently, it is now partially reopening finally. But we've talked about this a lot on the show, how Russia, once the Soviet Union uh, disintegrated, Russia spent the next three decades, just generation after generation, doing their best to build their economy to build wealth and to integrate their economy into the rest of the world. And, of course, with a very heavy reliance, uh, heavy dependence on oil exports, that is their, that is what some would say that's what their economy is almost entirely based on, which would be a little bit of an, an exaggeration, I suppose. But people often refer to Russia as a failed petrol state because their economy is, is so heavily based on oil and not that much else. And I, I think their economy is roughly that the size of Texas. It's actually not 
you know, for, for a country that is so sprawling geographically, it covers 11 time zones, but the economy does not match that. Our economy is exponentially larger than Russia's, as are probably many of the economies in the G20. And I just wonder, as a practical matter, even if we don't kick Russia out of the G20 as punishment for what they're currently doing, could they not? Could an argument not be also made for removing them simply because at a certain point they just don't have an economy worth uh, including? So anyway, just a a hot take, as they say. I think the young people say that now. Uh, so getting back to this, Biden also said if countries such as Indonesia and others do not agree with removing Russia, then in his view, Ukraine should be allowed to attend the meetings. Now, that's interesting. Um, Eric, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Rocky Huber in the chat room says, I think it's funny that Russia vetoed a Security Council resolution condemning uh, the Russian invasion, so it didn't pass. Well, that does seem, yes, and it does seem like a bit of a conflict of interest, uh, does it not? They get to vote on their own, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, I have a lot of mixed feelings about the UN. Uh, Rocky also said, how can a country be able to vote on their own invasion? Yes, well, that, that again, I, I have mixed uh, feelings about the UN. Uh, I think uh, I think a lot of us do. Don't get me wrong. I'm not one of these people who uh, some people are very very down on the UN and think it shouldn't exist. A lot of conservatives think that. Not all certainly. I don't think it's necessarily a broad consensus among conservatives, but there are a lot of conservatives who for for decades now, for as long as I can remember, have have condemned the United Nations and think it's pointless and think the United States shouldn't be a part of it and whatnot. I don't think that. I'm just saying I do think in some ways the United Nations probably could be more um, just more effective than it is. Uh, I understand it's, uh, you know, this uh, when you've got all these uh, countries involved in this bureaucratic exercise, it's, it gets a little complicated. It's, it's probably uh, too complicated to ever be made as effective as some of us would like it to be. But uh but just an observation. And Rocky, I think that's a great point that you raised. Uh, Crystal is in the chat room and says they should have removed themselves from that vote. Conflict of interest. It wasn't ethical. Well, I agree, Crystal, but we are talking about Russia. So you, uh, I, I mean, in a sense, uh, it's actually, if you think about it, it's very on brand uh, of Russia to do something unethical at this point. Uh, Chris Rose joins us in the Facebook live chat from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Hi, Chris. I wonder, is that who you meant? Um, who was it? Eric Street, I think, was asking in the chat room earlier what happened to Glenn's sidekick. Did you mean Chris Rose? Chris was uh, Glenn's co-host on We'll Let It Large at one point. And I was Glenn's co-co-host. Oh, that seems like a lifetime ago. Let's see. So that was just... Um, I mean, no big surprise there, of course, uh, the president saying that Russia should be removed from the EU. Imagine your new bathroom 
a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. Um, also, and again, this is from Reuters. Uh, uh, this is coming out of today. Um, U.S. announces new Russia sanctions over Ukraine invasion. Uh, the president uh, traveling, of course, to Brussels uh, for this, um, you know, meeting with uh, the G7, the G20, the EU, etc. It's it's a big trip, but I and I don't know if any major news will come out of it other than things one would expect. You would expect the president to say Russia should be kicked out of the G20. You would expect more sanctions and so on and so forth. Um, so I don't know if any big news will come out of this, but I think there is a larger narrative that is very positive, is that the world, the world, not just NATO, not just the EU, but the world, with maybe a, a few outliers, <laughs> continues to be more and more united against Russia. And against what they're doing. And I would say, too, we'll look at this article in a moment because I want to get up to speed myself because I'm not uh, myself fully cognizant of everything that has come out of today thus far uh, as uh, the president's trip uh, overseas uh, continues. But there are those who would say that I, I, I keep hearing, you know, these different ideas and different arguments about more should have been done already in terms of sanctions and why didn't we do all of this already? Why the incrementalism? Why do we slowly add sanctions on top of others? And there was an exchange today. I don't remember who it was with, but there was an exchange today uh, the president had where he got a little bit uh, he got a little bit snappy with a reporter. Uh, you know, it was snappy by Biden standards. I mean, he's pretty level uh, most of the time. I don't think I've ever... I'm trying to think of an example where I've seen him really lose his temper. But, um, you know, but he, but he got, you know, he was assertive. And he said, because a reporter asked him, you know, these sanctions, you know, you, you've, you've told us that these sanctions would have some sort of a deterrent effect with Putin, that they would discourage him from continuing to do what he's doing and this aggression and this war that he's waging. And so far, he just keeps going. And, and this continues. And Biden kind of said, well, look, I never said that these would deter him from what he's doing. We have, it's not like you, you, um, you activate the sanctions and then all of a sudden Putin is going to say, Oh, okay. Uh, in real time. Okay. Well, I, now I'm being punished with this particular set of sanctions. This is too much. I'm now going to back off. It doesn't work that way. The sanctions have a gradual and accumulative effect over time, 
as they continue to destroy, effectively, the Russian economy. So we have to have a little bit of patience here. But the other thing is, you do this incrementally because if you just throw everything you could possibly throw at Putin all at once— He's just, you know, you don't necessarily want him trapped in a corner. You want him to be able to see some sort of a way out so that maybe he'll take it. You know, uh, we we keep talking about, you hear this term a lot now, off-ramp. You know, is there an off-ramp for Putin where he can kind of save face, at least in front of his own people, not in front of the world, but at least in front of the Russians, you know, declare victory and leave? You know, is there something he can have that will... But of course, you don't want it. You don't want it to be appeasement, but something he can have, where he can say, "Look, I got something out of this," and and get him to leave. Oh, we had a call, but they. Uh, I guess uh, I must have said something to make them leave. So you don't. I guess what I'm saying is. I agree with the strategy of, you know, we don't just do this all at once. There were people arguing. I remember when Putin was first getting his military lined up on the border with Ukraine, and it looked like he was getting ready to invade. And, of course, a lot of us, myself included, and it was the general consensus on the show, thought, well, he's probably not going to invade. It would be uh, a, a terrible idea for him. And we were correct in saying that because it turns out it has been a terrible idea for him. It's a spectacular failure uh, by every metric. There is no argument you could make that Putin has succeeded at accomplishing anything. Um, it's it's terrible for everyone. It's it's even worse for the Ukrainians, of course, but it's pretty bad for the Russians too. Um, but there were people arguing then we gotta we gotta start hitting him with more sanctions. We gotta start doing this and start doing that. We gotta we gotta start really punishing him. And it's like, well, wait a minute. If you start punishing him too early. You start throwing everything at him too early when all he's doing is lining up the troops and he's, I shouldn't say all he's doing, he's menacing Ukraine by doing that. But if you just throw everything at him now, at a certain point, he might say, well, I'm already being punished. I might as well go through with this. And then you've got nothing left to punish him with. So there's a strategy here and it does require a little bit of patience and discipline. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? It's Ridley. Dave Ridley, how are you? I'm pretty good. Hmm. Well, that's good to hear. What's going on? What's on your mind? Ukraine. Oh, good. I was just talking about that. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, what what have you got? Well, uh, so I've got this this uh, philosophy where I should probably, if I'm going to call talk radio and talk about Ukraine, uh, then I should. Um, I should I should do counter programming, right? So if the show is sympathetic to the Ukrainian government, then I should be saying bad things about the Ukrainian government. And if they're sympathetic to the Russians, I should be saying bad things about the Russian government. Does that make sense? No, I think you should say uh, maybe calling if you're calling other shows. Um, maybe my show is a little bit different. I would prefer you just say whatever you think and uh, dispense with. Uh, worrying about uh strategizing uh who or what you're going to criticize but you do oh, okay well i mean you can think of it as a strategy but i think it's also important like whatever whatever the echo chamber is you should be saying the opposite does that make sense because you in this case you can say the opposite and mean it does it make sense yes it does because there's there's a lot of problems on both sides does it make sense uh, that yes that makes sense 
Okay, so I, I am I'm a Ukraine I'm generally a Ukraine sympathizer, but uh, I, would you say the the dominant view on your show tends to lean pro Ukraine or pro Russia? Pro Ukraine. Okay, uh, so I will try to lay out some of the pro Russian things that you'll never hear anywhere else. Oh, I bet there's places I've heard some of them, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, so it's taken a while to collect these because, um, again, I, like I said, I'm a Ukraine sympathizer. But there are some things that have come through as is probably being true now uh, that aren't just that aren't there aren't that it's not just Russian false claims. This is probably actually true stuff. So uh, an interesting point I heard on Ron Paul Liberty Report the other day. So I guess you will hear it one other place. Uh, Daniel McAdam has made the claim that apparently the Ukrainian government has claimed 400 civilian deaths at the three-week mark during the war, uh, and and it, he thinks it's probably higher. It's probably more like 800 civilian deaths caused by the Russians, because uh, some of them aren't being counted with all the chaos. I've I've seen numbers that strike me as stunningly low based on what we're seeing in terms of you know apartment complexes being bombed and things like that. I always assume the numbers are higher than what's being reported, but, um, but I, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, first of all, that does speak well for the Ukrainian government. They're not, they don't seem to be pumping the numbers. Um, right. Uh, but the numbers probably are higher than that. And the modesty is good. Um, uh, but McAdam has pointed out to keep things in perspective, he says the United States actually caused about 7,000 civilian casualties during the first three weeks of the Iraq war invasion. Okay. Uh, So that would be an indicator the Russians are going pretty far out of their way to avoid civilian casualties. I did not, I did not believe that at first, but I'm starting to believe it. I don't, uh, that seems, uh, I hate to say apples and oranges. It's such a cliche, but, um, and maybe that's not even the right cliche. I, I don't know. I, that seems like a stretch to me to, to, I'm not sure how you arrive at that conclusion, Dave. I mean, what does one have to do with the other? Uh, you, is, is you, you think that that means that the Russians are actually going out of their way to avoid civilian casualties? How can that be when they, they're destroying these cities, they're leveling these buildings. they, they actually bombed a building where they, uh, where the the Ukrainians uh, put uh, children, uh, not actual children, but they wrote children somehow on the top of the building to let the Russians know there were children in that building. I mean, how can they be? I I, I don't know how you can uh, arrive at that conclusion based on those numbers. By the way, I'm not just to be clear. I'm not in any way. I mean, I opposed the invasion of Iraq, uh, as I'm sure you did as well. So I'm not. But I just, uh, I think you're. Uh, I think you're you're taking things that are, I think you're taking two different scenarios and you're you're arriving at a conclusion that I think is a, a giant uh, leap. Well, I, I mean, the Americans, if you, even I, we're both Iraq War foes, but even I would not claim that the United States was trying to kill civilians in Iraq during the first three weeks. I think they were probably making some effort to avoid civilian casualties during the first three weeks. I agree. And yet the number was so. The number was so high, um, and it's and it like you said, it's uh, it's surprisingly low. It seems in Ukraine, mm-hmm. if this is really uh, Hitler we're dealing with. I think um, 
Yeah. I mean, a lot of people have left the country, though, too. I mean, a, a lot of people are leaving <clears throat> or they're trying to get out of Ukraine. Uh, the men are not allowed to leave. They're staying and fighting. But women and children are, uh, you know, they're trying to get them out as quickly as they can. I understand. I do understand the point that you're making, Dave. I just um, I find it hard to believe. I understand the point you're making mathematically. I And I understand <clears throat> the logic behind it. But I just cannot buy, not for a solitary second, to be honest with you, the idea that the Russians are actually making any effort to avoid civilian casualties when they are leveling these cities and they seem to be doing so completely indiscriminately. Uh, not that that was Vladimir Putin's original intention. I don't believe that because I believe Vladimir Putin thought he's, <clears throat> he's going to roll the tanks in and within 72 hours uh, they will have defeated the Ukrainian army, assuming the Ukrainian army didn't all just say, okay, we surrender, and they would have the country completely under control and then they would just roll the tanks back out. I don't think that they ever uh, that Putin ever imagined because if he imagined that it would go the way that it's going, I don't I can't believe he would have done this. This is a complete disaster for the Russians. Um, but yeah, I, and roll, rolling rolling the tanks out is exactly what he should do right now, regardless of whether he's winning. Well, now he, uh, now he can't he, he can't he can't do it now, Dave, because they're all stuck in the mud. And I don't say and I don't say that to be funny. I, I mean, they, they are literally I mean, have you seen this? I love these videos where these idiots are trying to, uh, you know, they're they're putting tree branches under the tanks, trying to get them unstuck. It's it's uh, it's kind of funny, you know. It's darkly uh, funny, but I I love uh, watching the Russians fail. I think watching evil. Yeah, I mean, and you can't you you can't help but be inspired when you see like that old man who captures the Russian tank with his crew of old men, <laughs> and they're on top of the tank, and they're yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> They're riding the tank back to Ukrainian lines. You know, I mean, it, it's inspirational. You can't. You just can't argue with something like that. And you, and that's why Russians. That's why Putin shouldn't be trying to argue with it. If people want their country that badly, you got to leave and let them have it. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> well, like I said, if he had had any inkling that it was going to go this way, I don't believe he would have done it. Yeah. Uh, so now the other thing is that you remember you remember when the media, you know, a week or two ago were talking about all this. They were saying, oh, the Russians are making false claims about U.S. Ukrainian bio labs. Yes. False claims. And we know it because we're sitting in our office in New York. You know, mm -hmm. we know that the, the Russian claims are false because we're just sitting here and haven't investigated it. You've been hearing that, right? Yes. So apparently that's actually true. These bio, these bio labs biolab claims at least part of the russian claims were true i have read uh something about this but the russians uh they were old uh biolabs that had not been dismantled or something like that there was um if i understand now uh, dave i i will confess to you so i don't want to say too much about it without knowing exactly what i'm talking about but if if i'm not mistaken there was a kernel of truth about some old bio labs that had not been dismantled or something like that and the but the Russians of course were spinning it as oh the United States is working with Ukraine right now to develop bio weapons that they're then going to use against us and that was not true yeah the I don't know about that uh, all I know is what Victoria Newland said in front of the Congress a few days I think it was maybe about a week ago um, so just just Google Victoria Newland Biolabs Congress and just listen to what she said. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have the exact words in front of me here, uh, but I, I heard I heard her say it. Uh, 
and she she said she she said she was worried that the Russians would get to some of these bio labs in Ukraine uh, and discover something dangerous. That's what she told the Congress right after, of course, the U.S. government denied that any of that stuff existed. Yeah, uh, voxukraine.org is the first thing that comes up when I um, Google that. Uh, it says uh, it says that her, uh, let's see, debunking fakes in partnership with Facebook. Uh, let me just, uh, we'll just look at the first paragraph of this quickly. Uh, according to the information spread on the Internet, allegedly the U.S. has admitted the existence of its biolabs in Ukraine. To prove this, users refer to a speech by Victoria Newland. Undersecretary of State for Political Affairs. Um, that's a strange sound. Are you still there, Dave? Yeah, I did come off for a second, but I'm still here. Okay, okay, just heard a strange tone. Okay, so here's what she said, quote, There are biological <laughs> research laboratories in Ukraine. We are currently concerned that the Russian militants may take control of them. We are working with the Ukrainian side to ensure that the materials of biological research do not fall into the hands of Russian forces, unquote. Uh, then the article goes on to say, however, Victoria Newland did not claim that there are American laboratories in Ukraine. Her words were taken out of context. Uh, this fake and other misinformation related to biolaboratories in Ukraine uh, have already been debunked by independent foreign fact checkers. And then it goes on to, uh, to a bunch of that. So um, I haven't looked at that much uh, more closely than, uh, than this. So I don't. Um, yeah, I don't want to. I don't so want to say sounds, too much, but it sounds like she's not. She's not admitting that the Americans set up the labs. It sounds like, but but she seems to be admitting pretty much the rest. Here's here's what the article says. Going further down, it says. Um, Secret U.S. bio laboratories in Ukraine is a myth of Russian propaganda. There is no evidence that there are American labs in Ukraine. However, there is cooperation between Ukrainian and American institutions. Yeah, because a bio lab doesn't miss. I, I think maybe part of the, the rub here, Dave, is uh, the term bio lab. A bio lab uh, doesn't automatically mean uh, developing biological weapons. Uh, Biolab could mean just anything having to do with anything biological in a laboratory. But I think it, it was a very, so, I think it's been a very convenient uh, talking point for the Russians. So why is she so worried about the Russians getting access to that? And And by the way, this is not like a minor official here. This is a top State Department official who was ambassador to Ukraine, I believe, or at least very closely associated with the the Ukraine. She was there during the coup, if you want to call it a coup, in 2014, she was actively involved in helping to overthrow the Ukrainian government in 2014. Although, again, overthrow and coup, these are a little bit strong words. Mm -hmm. You could argue it was more of a people's revolution. I'm willing to take, I'm willing to, to hear that out. But she, this is a, but the important thing is that she's super high up. She's like the, she's the United States, basically their first, their top person on Ukraine. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, there's more clues here as I'm sort of scanning through this article. So it says here, since 2005, the U.S. has been helping to modernize Ukrainian laboratories, conduct research, and improve safety culture to prevent outbreaks of dangerous infectious diseases through the Biological Threat Reduction Program. For example, during the COVID-19 pandemic, these labs were involved in monitoring the situation with the new coronavirus. During the entire period of cooperation, the U.S. has invested about $200 million for the development of 46 laboratories and medical institutions in Ukraine. 
These institutions are not involved in the development of chemical or biological weapons. On the contrary, the U.S. has initiated a program to prevent the development of such weapons. The fact that the Soviet Union had its own bioweapons program after its collapse, dangerous biomaterials remained on the territory of Ukraine. The U.S. program aims to ensure that these materials are not stolen or used for non-research purposes. Until 2014, the program also extended to Russian laboratories. Um, so yeah, I can, because that that I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, so I can see why there would be a concern about the Russians getting control of this, but to I, I think what has happened here. Uh, is uh, the Russians saw this? You know, I mean, they're they're you know they're not shy about uh, putting a lot of BS into their propaganda, which of course is the nature of propaganda. But they they really uh, yeah. uh, you know they're they're doing propaganda on steroids by talking about how Ukraine was going to attack them and Ukraine had a nuclear weapons program after they had actually uh, you know willingly given up their nukes. Um, so I, I think this is yeah. a very easy thing for uh, for the Russians <clears throat> to latch onto and say, "Oh, look, they were developing bioweapons." Well, you know, I mean, because United States involvement in bio labs worked so well in in Wuhan, <laughs> right? Well, uh, the other thing, Victoria Newland, in this speech, she said something that was slightly off off topic, but just as scandalous. Quote. We also work with the tech company. Dave? That's sort of a very loud click. Oh. Well, if he calls back, Dave, you're welcome to call back. I don't know what happened there. Uh, but uh, a couple of people in the uh, chat room would like me to ask you for your ID. Do you have a, uh, a government ID that you can show when you call into the show? That's a callback to uh, a callback. How, what a great pun. That's a uh, callback to a previous uh, call we got from Dave Ridley about his resentment over having to show an ID for a uh, to purchase a, a phone. Dave, is that you? Yeah, sorry, I don't know what happened. I, I was I was talking about censorship and I got disappeared. Yes, I heard a very loud click. Uh, Dave, can you? Uh, we need to make sure this is really you calling back, though. Do you have an ID you can show us? <laughs> Maybe it's virtual Dave Ridley. Oh, it could be virtual Dave Ridley. There is a virtual Dave Ridley, as you know. Anyway, so this top State Department official said, quote, we also work with the tech companies to try to take down false stories, unquote. Yeah. So that's a reminder there. Uh, that's 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 an admission, another admission that the, the problems that you're seeing on YouTube with all the censorship and the deplatforming and all these other places, she's admitting now the, the central government's key role in that. Yeah, uh, I, I guess you could, you could draw that conclusion. I don't know. I, I think, I think it's uh it's a lot. You have to read a lot into this to really, uh, start buying the Russian line. I mean, do you actually buy the Russian line on this or, or are you just, um, no, no, I don't trust. I don't trust what the Russians say. I mean, what the Russian government says, uh, I try to watch it and hear it, hear them out. Uh, but ultimately it's not as interesting as the Western coverage. And that's, that really suppresses my ability to watch it closely. And I really don't trust it. I, I distrust it even more than the Western press, but my gosh, I mean, the Western press, 
has really proven themselves distrustworthy with the the way they just the way they I mean I literally heard uh, a mainstream press you know anchor say that there were he said they were false Russian claims of bio labs in in Ukraine um, and uh, he had no way of knowing that that was false. I understand. Okay, I understand what you're what you're saying. In, in other words, you're saying that journalist should not assume that the claims are false. It would be appropriate to say there are claims, but to say that there are false claims, uh, thus assuming that our government and the Ukrainians are telling the truth and that the Russians are lying, to make that assumption out of hand is not appropriate for a Western journalist to do who is allegedly operating from uh from you know being you know a, a point of view of being objective is that what you're saying right he was making a claim that he was obviously lying because there's no way he could know that it was false and there's he wasn't the only one now i could name him but i will not speak his name because i do not want to give him any free publicity yeah i i take your point dave i i see what you're saying i i uh I, yeah i i can't argue with that he probably should not uh but- you sure you don't? I'm cur- I am curious now who it is. Yeah, you're going to have to figure it out for yourself because I'm not, again, <laughs> well, I'm not giving this guy any free free publicity. Okay. I'll, I'll give a government official free publicity because they don't get anything out of it. <laughs> but sure. again, it, gets, it ties into what Victoria Newland she said, we also work with the tech companies to try to take down false stories. She's admitting that they're teaming up uh, with information spreaders to try and control the narrative and, and eliminate stories from the internet. Yeah, I would say though, I mean, in a sense though, if we're, I mean, we're not directly at war with Russia, but we're, we're sort of fighting a proxy war with Russia through Ukraine. So would not part of the, is it not appropriate for the American government to, um, have an active strategy to uh, deter and uh, confront propaganda coming out of Russia or or information that they're claiming that uh, our government feels is unhelpful to our cause to help Ukraine. Well, I like I like what Bill Clinton said in 1995 after the Oklahoma City bombing. You know, he said, "Okay." Uh, you, uh, I don't remember. The, I don't have the exact quote, but he was he was saying, you know, these people who he he was criticizing right wing talk radio at the time, and he said, you know, if you, you, you know, if you listen to all this hate out there, you have to keep in mind these people have a right to say these things. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You people who agree with me, you have free speech too. So go use it. And then he just. You know, and he did a little bit of demagoguing and said some things that probably weren't accurate and said his free speech piece and left the right winger, you know, media in peace, basically. Uh, Now, that's that's probably how you deal with it. You know, if you're a government, you say what you have to say. You do your free speech and you mobilize your your uh, supporters, but you don't silence the people who disagree with you. I think that I would apply that to uh, the American populace. Sure, certainly, you, you, you don't silence. The government should not be silencing other Americans uh, that the government does not agree with. Certainly, that is that would be a, a First Amendment violation. 
But when we're talking about a foreign government with whom we have an adversarial relationship, I'm not so sure that applies um, in this uh, circumstance. I take your point, but I, I don't think I would apply that to the just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning. And you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. Uh, well, I don't think I would apply that to the Russians, for example. Um but I understand. I would. I think. It all, I think you let yeah. it all through the media. Media yeah. discussion, the political discussion. It needs to be like the phone company. Everything gets through, and you let the people decide what's true and what's not. Well, I would say though, uh, it's not as though Russia does not have a voice in this country. They certainly do. I mean, you can turn on Fox News, and you've got people like. Uh, my God, I mean, when, when uh, Putin first made the decision to invade Ukraine, Tucker Carlson was just frothing at the mouth with uh, love and adoration for Vladimir Putin, much like uh, a lot of conservatives did in 2014 when Putin uh, decided to uh, annex Crimea. I mean, my God, I remember seeing Rudy Giuliani just just gushing with uh, uh, praise for uh, Vladimir Putin. Um, and, and by the way, it's not just on the right either. I mean, so you've got people like Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram who are pro-Russia, pro-Putin. But there's also some of that on the left, too, like this uh, Jackson Hinkle, who is um, not a mainstream media guy. He's online, but he does a, an allegedly uh, liberal uh, uh, podcast. He's, he even has described himself as a Marxist. But he, he loves Putin. He loves Russia. He hates Ukraine. And he's got a pretty big audience on YouTube. And it's um, so it's not as though the Russians don't have a voice. If uh, Russian propaganda absolutely is uh, easily accessible and is widely uh, distributed and uh, can be disseminated here in the United States, I don't think they're being silenced. Yeah, I mean, even I, though, have trouble uh, keeping a balance in terms of what I listen to. I I find that I Hmm. hear a lot more uh, anti-Russian media than I hear pro-Russian media, even though I'm making an effort to try and listen to RT, even though I don't like it that much. And the the other thing, too, to keep in mind with, with, with something like RT, and the reason I'm glad they haven't been completely censored off the United States media is that RT actually does a fairly good job of reporting things that are not related to Russia. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Well, they have, um, we should clarify, for people who don't know what RT is, RT stands for Russia Today. Um, But they're uh, a very, uh, actually, they might be the most successful uh, YouTube, uh, uh, you know, in terms of uh, their YouTube channel. I mean, they're, they're enormously successful and have been for a long time. 
Um, and they have RT America and uh, other offshoots of it. But uh, that's true. I think a lot of people might not realize exactly what RT is. And, and uh, but, but they're having a problem now, too, aren't they? Um, isn't RT, or I, maybe it's RT America is actually closing up shop and they're just, um, I'm not sure. I saw something about that, but I'm not sure. It's possible, and that's bad. Uh, you know, there needs to be an exchange of information, exchange of propaganda. Just, you know, let it out there. And, and uh, if if people, you know, what we really need, though, ultimately is a good clearinghouse for information. We need something that's not biased where you can go uh, and, and receive information that you can trust. Uh, and for me, I mean, the best I can do is maybe a free talk live and they're biased, but they're, they're accurate. And then Ron Paul's show, but again, he's biased. So, you know, it, we need something that's not as biased as those two, which is really focused on trying to be accurate. Yeah. But I think, but see, then too, you get into the, the, the problem of, I mean, if you want, so is your idea of not biased Dave in, in this, when we're talking about the Russian invasion of Ukraine, would your idea of not biased be that no side is taken in terms of we treat uh, we treat Russia and Ukraine or the, the media should be treating Russia and Ukraine almost um, sort of dispassionately, you know, not not siding with Ukraine over Russia, not taking any side? Is that what you would like to see? I think I guess what I want to see is like the old Wikipedia. If you look at Wikipedia 10 years ago, that was a really good place to get information. It wasn't, in a sense, it was biased in that everyone who posted to Wikipedia had their own bias, mm -hmm. but it all got kind of averaged out, and there wasn't a whole lot of things being taken down for no good reason. Nowadays, like, for instance, Russell Canning's Wikipedia post was long since taken down. Or the, the Wikipedia page about Russell Canning was long, long since taken down. Uh, Terry Grossman's been eliminated from Wikipedia. Um, and Grossman is a pretty important medical figure in the United States. Uh, they just took him down because they didn't think he was important enough. He's Terry. He's Ray Kurzweil's doctor. He wrote books with Ray Kurzweil, and they just eliminated his, all discussion of him from Wikipedia because they just decided he wasn't important enough. So it, Wikipedia is not the not where you go anymore. But there's no replacement for it, as best I can tell. We need something like the old Wikipedia. Well, the reason I was asking that question uh, specifically about Russia and Ukraine coverage is I think that um, you sort of get into this thing where, so the media, you're supposed to have, I mean, obviously you can have opinions in the media. You can have programming, you can have channels, you can have outlets that have a specific point of view, as long as it's clear to everyone that that's what it is. And of course you can also have, and you should have programming that is not biased in any way. But I think there, there are certain things where you can't, um, where you, 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 you can't not have um, a bias. And, and I think that this is an example. I think that it is acceptable for American media to take a pro on all levels to take a pro Ukraine stance because you've got a you, you come to a certain point where you know it, it it's pretty clear I think who the good guys and the bad guys are so I would say for example in the case of Ukraine versus Russia it's pretty clear it is so clear 
that Vladimir Putin is evil, is, I would argue, a genocidist. I, I think that, that he's committing genocide against uh, the Ukrainians. I mean, it's not reflected in those numbers of civilian deaths, which I, I cannot believe are as low as they are. But it seems to me like he's trying to destroy that country. I think when you have a when you have a, a situation where the evil is so clear, just like for example, if you have you know nine eleven to use that as an example, you know I I think it was um, perfectly reasonable and expected for American media in a macro sense to be pro-American, anti-terrorist. I mean that might sound like a hypersimplification that and that might be reductive. But I think there are certain circumstances where you kind of you kind of just say, okay, what what this country is doing, what this leader is doing, is so bad. Of course, we're going to take a side. Yes, on this particular program, on this particular network, in this particular time slot, we are supposed to be objective journalists who don't take a side. But come on, <laughs> you know everything has its limits. So that's that's kind of why I think. Um. Things have been so anti-Russian and pro-Ukraine. How you know to 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 tr- even try to be objective, quote unquote, and 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 uh, and dispassionate on this, I think, is impossible for anybody. Well, and if you are objective and dispassionate, and the and you have an evil faction, then that will come out. I mean, you don't have to be non-objective for the evil to be obvious. There's this thing I call the Misha Glenny phenomenon. Uh, he's a reporter with the BBC, and he was in Croatia in 1991 when the fighting started. At, you know, at Borovo Selo, and then the Battle of Vukovar. And he was at he was at most of these places, and he he speaks Serbian fluently. Um, and he he wrote a book called The Fall of Yugoslavia, and and I read the book in 1992, and he again is trying to be objective as best he can. Um, and his objective analysis of the situation led me to believe that Croatia was closer to being in the right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, just because he, he tried to outline all the abuses by the Croatian government and, and all the abuses by the Serbian rebels. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, it still led me to a relatively pro-Zagreb uh, belief system. Uh, in that war, and uh, I think that this this was this was the correct assumption, it, and I, I still am able to believe that mm-hmm. to some extent. Um, and that was because of Misha Glenny's even-handed, level-headed reporting, and Sylvia Pajoli as well with NPR was the other one who was really careful not to descend into hyperbole and fury and rage, and just try and focus on what she saw and what. The facts were mm-hmm. right, and um, we don't. We doesn't feel like we have a Misha Glenny or a or a Sylvia Pajoli. Although I should probably check and see what Misha Glenny's doing lately. Yeah, uh, but it feels like we just we don't have a Sylvia Pajoli in this fight. You know, uh, we don't have someone who can be this passion, a little bit dispassionate about what's going on. And again, what was going on in Bosnia was a lot. This was a lot more evil, as best I can tell, than what Vladimir Putin is doing in Ukraine. Uh, and yet Sylvia Pajoli was able to keep her head, sure, um, and sure. so was Misha Glenny. But this is so visceral. This is in our faces, and it's and we're dealing with, 
you know, there's there's a psychological component too, where you know everybody is um, as we obviously our heart breaks for the Ukrainians, but we're also in the backs of our minds, and for some people in, in that top of mind as well. You know, there's there's an existential quandary here because there's some of us who are wondering is this going to lead to a direct confrontation with nato and russia does this lead to nuclear war uh, uh you know armageddon and all of that so not that I'm, I'm not that i'm suggesting that i think that's going to happen i think the the odds of anything like that actually occurring remain uh infinitesimally small but but i think that i i think that that has a lot to do with why people are so connected to this and why it is almost impossible for anyone to remain objective. It's not only the terror of what is happening to Ukraine and the clear cut. What I what I say is the clear cut, um, just unmitigated evil of Vladimir Putin and what he's doing to these people and, and to that country. But there's also larger issues that many of us grapple with. And some people don't. Some people just blissfully are able to uh, not worry about uh, how it affects us ultimately, um, and I envy those people. Um, I, I unfortunately, like many people, I'm someone who tends to obsess over things I have no control over. But <laughs> although I've gotten a little bit better about it as I've gotten older, but um, you know, so I think um, I think this is is kind of an extenuating circumstance, and uh, I think the American media can be forgiven for taking a side on this. But I, but I take your points, Dave. I, I think, uh, I, I think it's very interesting what you've uh, presented today. Well, and I could go on, but I shouldn't. I've talked too much. Yeah, we've we've been on for a while. No, I enjoyed the discussion, though. I appreciate it. And uh, did you want to give the uh, Ridley Report a plug before you go, or uh, NH Exit, or whatever you'd like? Oh yeah, NHExit.com. If Ukraine deserves independence, so do we. <laughs> All right, Dave. Thank you for the call. Thanks, Matt. All right, you got it. Bye-bye. All right, that was Dave Ridley from the Ridley Report, and uh, we will uh, we will take a break. Oh, I think, um, actually, Dave mentioned virtual Dave Ridley. I think that uh, he wanted to chime in with something as well. Let's see. I think he's... Like, uh, even saying something like that, you know, you could, if you were like a national talk show host and you said something like that, you could have your show yanked off the air or... Or there could be protests at your offices or something over something like that. Yeah, that was virtual Dave Ridley. Newer listeners might not be familiar with uh, virtual Dave Ridley. He's in- infected our uh, computer system here at the station, and we just can't. Uh, I'm here. Yeah, we just can't get rid of him. You know, he's always. Uh, he's always. It's not. It's some uh, Quaalude guy who's talking about awful music, and I. That's a, no, no, it's not working. It's not working. But just be mad. Well, I, I was actually, I was talking about, uh, it's a virus. Mike Pelopita says it's a virus. Yes, it's a computer virus. I have no idea. No, no, he said, well, that's that's what he said. He's probably right, uh, Mike Pelopita, you know. You're oh. going to you're gonna think it's an April Fool's joke, what I'm actually calling about. You're not going to believe it, and I didn't believe it for a while. I had to research. That's right, Dave. Oh, now Alexa's talking to me. <laughs> I got to unplug the Alexa. I don't know how to shut this thing off when it starts doing that. <laughs> I think they use it sometimes on the morning show. I don't know if other shows use it, but there we go. I just got to remember to plug Alexa back in. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, all right. Uh, virtual Dave Ridley, we also must say goodbye to you. Okay, bye. Okay, very good. All right, we are going to take a break. Dirk Don in the Facebook live chat had a song request. You know, we play a, a song at the top of the hour, and then we show some love to our amazing sponsors. 
It was a Fear Factory song. I'm trying to go back and see. Oh, yes, here it is. Uh, 540,000 Degrees of Fahrenheit by Fear Factory. And he said he checked. There's no swears in it. So, very good. Yeah, I don't think Fear Factory, they don't usually swear in their songs anyway, do they? Um, so, let's do that. Dirk uh, actually reviewed a Fear Factory album for us uh, once when he used to do the... Uh, the music reviews for us, but uh, I like Fear Factory, so I'm happy to play this. So let's do this. We'll give this a listen. Ooh, I bet EZG loves Fear Factory. I'm kidding, of course. Uh, but uh, Eric, if you're listening, here's some Fear Factory for you. So what we'll do is uh, we'll give this a listen. We will show some love to our amazing sponsors, and then we will be back. We'll be well into our number two, Numero Dos of Matt Connerton Unleashed. I'm sure that uh, Glenn R.J. Willett, the people's mayor, will be uh, here with us in studio as well. And uh, here we go. I found it. All right. More Unleashed coming up. Don't go away. This is for Dirk. Welcome back, everybody. It's Matt Connerton Unleashed, and we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. Also on Comcast 97 if you're in Manchester. And, uh, of course, uh, hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe. You can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, et cetera, et cetera. Today is Thursday, February 24, uh, 2022. And uh, I'm supposed to be joined in studio by the People's Mayor, Glenn R.J. Willett. He is not here with us yet. Hopefully he's still coming. But uh, also uh, Virtual Dave Ridley is still with us. I'm here. Yes. And, uh, of course, uh, you can be with us as well, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. No one seems to be very excited. Well, that's okay. Uh, you can also text me at 617-917-4476. Uh, tweet me at Matt Connerton. Oh, or... I, may, I see. Yes, I get it. All right, fine, yes. All right, stop interrupting virtual Dave Ridley. And, of course, uh, you can interact and opine in the Facebook live chat. Okay, okay. All right, enough of that. <laughs> All right, but the best thing to do so that we can hear and enjoy your dulcet tones... Uh, okay, whatever. ...is to give us a call at 603-250-6007. Uh, let's see, I do want to remind you, of course, it is Thursday, which means it is Trivia Night at the Hopknot on Elm. Our amazing sponsor, of course, uh, Trivia Night is a very popular feature there. So if you are going to partake, I would recommend that you, um, uh, you know, uh, either get there very early or sign up ahead of time. Yeah. You can call them or uh, I think you can even do that online at their website. But the best thing to do is give them a call, reserve a table for uh, Trivia Night at the Hopknot. And, uh, of course, uh, tomorrow night they have uh, Kevin Horan there. 
at uh, performing live every Friday night. They have live music. Saturday nights, they sometimes have trivia night. They've got another Gender Blender event coming up. They've got Juneteenth coming up in a couple of months. It is such a wonderful place, and we are so honored and proud to have them as a sponsor. And we have a new sponsor coming on that I will be announcing soon when the moment is right and is appropriate. Uh, And I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Let's see. I do want to... um, Go over, well, let me give the number one more time, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. But I do want to go over some of these, uh, you know, we had the actual Dave Ridley, uh, not uh, virtual Dave. That was who, uh, me knocking on your show a couple weeks ago, by the way. I, I, uh... Oh, wow. Uh, no, we had the actual Dave Ridley on the phone with us, and um, we had a, a conversation about uh, the media's coverage of uh, the Russian invasion into Ukraine that uh, spurred a lot of great uh, comments in the Facebook live chat. I do want to go over uh, some of those. Uh, let's see. Just um, uh, oh, just trying to find where they start here. Well, wow, very busy chat room today. Uh, Tom Blanchard in the chat room says Putin has been known for chemical poisoning his own country for disagreeing with him. That's true. And that's one of the worries right now is that Putin might resort to using uh, chemical weapons, biological weapons in his invasion of Ukraine as it uh, continues to go very, very badly for him and he becomes more desperate. But yes, he does have a history of poisoning. I mean, just ask Alexei Navalny. Uh, Fortunately, he's still alive, but Putin does like to poison uh, and kill his uh, political adversaries. Um. (laughs) Dirk Don says in the chat, Putin says, well, I'm already damaged goods, so I might as well come out swinging. Uh, That is a very, very inside reference, but uh, but I appreciate it, Dirk. I uh, I get what you're saying uh, loudly. Yes, I get it. Uh, Eric Pilcher wanted me to uh, really wanted me to ask. uh, (laughs) And so did Dirk wanted me to ask uh, Dave Ridley for his uh, his I.D., uh, not uh, not virtual Dave, but the real Dave uh, yeah. who called earlier. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jenny is saying in the chat room, uh, big time BS. We saw the Hiroshima version of Maripol. Yeah, Maripol in Ukraine does look like uh, Hiroshima. It's uh, the way it's been just completely destroyed. That's why I'm so skeptical. It is strange to me how low the numbers are in terms of what the Ukrainians are reporting on civilian casualties in Ukraine. I would think those numbers would be exponentially higher than what's being reported, but um, but maybe they're only reporting, maybe they're only counting people who, whose identity they can confirm are definitely Ukrainian. I'm not sure. Uh, let's see. Jenny says Russia is the new Nazis. Uh, what does this have to do with wiping out entire cities, um, just gone, rubble remains. Uh, the proof is in the images that he is wrong. Uh, Crystal in the chat says, I've seen reports of mass graves being used in Ukraine. I think the deaths are higher than being reported. Reported. Zelensky is great at PR. He needs his people to have hope. He needs them on their A-game, not paralyzed in fear or depression from knowing exact number of losses. Yeah, that's a good point, Crystal. And I do think Zelensky is doing a phenomenal job. Uh, I know not everyone's a a fan. Uh, John Hopwood, of course, is very uh, negative on uh, Zelensky. I'm not sure I uh, completely understand why, but I I view him as a a pretty heroic figure in all of this. 
uh, the way he has been able to inspire his people to keep their morale up. Uh, and uh, I believe, I truly believe, if Zelensky had accepted the offer to get out of the country and flee to safety and effectively be running a government in exile from the safety of another country, as was offered to him by NATO, you know, and he, uh, his response, his infamous response, uh, I need ammunition, not a ride. But I think if he had accepted that offer and protected himself in terms of his physical safety, I think that uh, would not, I, I don't know that the Ukrainians would be fighting as hard as they are. I really do believe that the way he has projected himself and the way he has said, look, we're not surrendering, uh, I'm willing to talk, but we're not going to surrender, and I'm willing to fight for this country— I think it has really been inspiring to the Ukrainians who have, who, man, talk about heroes and talk about inspiring. No one, clearly not Vladimir Putin, uh, did not expect them to fight as hard as they are and refuse to surrender, refuse to give in. But, uh, I, you know, I don't think anyone expected it, but they've really showed us something. And um, it is remarkable. Uh, Tom Blanchard says, now this is regarding uh, uh, Dave Ridley. Uh, the real Dave Ridley, of course, uh, not the virtual Dave Ridley. Uh, that was me knocking on your door a couple weeks ago, by the way. Right. I, uh... <laughs> uh, Tom Blanchard says, uh, the Iraqi fighters would hide within civilians, then claim we bombed civilians. Uh, that's so cowardly. Uh, recurrent, uh, now, uh, Crystal says, Tulsi Gabbard put out a video on social media about Ukraine's bio labs. That doesn't surprise me. Um, Tulsi has really uh, gone into the... Uh, I mean, I assume she's still a Democrat in in some ways, ideologically, but she seems to um, she seems to be aligned with the, the uh, Tucker Carlson wing of the Republican Party in a lot of ways. It's uh, a bit strange. Let's see. Oh, Crystal shared the video. It's a TikTok video. Yeah, Tulsi is really uh, building her brand, and uh, I've been disappointed by a lot of what she has said. Um. Let's see. Dirk Don said, I love how Dave is being a good sport about the ID joke. Yes, Dave was a, a good sport about that. Just as he was a, a really good sport uh, when we first unveiled uh, virtual Dave Ridley. No, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, you were, Dave. Um, <laughs> Tom Blanchard wants to know if Dave Ridley is into drag racing. Yeah, it, probably not. I don't know. Um, Dirk says, you know, I mentioned, uh, Jackson Hinkle as someone on the left, what we call the online left, who is just incredibly pro-Russia, pro-Putin, anti-Ukraine. Um, you know, as much as Tucker Carlson, uh, seems to love Putin on the right, uh, Jackson Hinkle seems to just have completely fallen in love with Putin on the left. And it's very strange. And, uh, Dirk points out, Hassan Piker absolutely needs to be called out. Yeah, I know. Um, I I know. I haven't looked. I, I know who Hassan Piker is. I'm a little bit familiar with him, but um, I'll have to look a little bit more closely as to what he has said on this uh, particular issue. But I know he's taken some criticism lately. Um, Jenny says uh, perhaps uh, most of the world is not on Russia's side, like Switzerland, for example. The Swiss, of course, uh, notoriously neutral. Uh, but they have taken a side in this. Um, so has uh, Finland. Hello, uh, Glenn R.J. Willett, the people's mayor. Sorry I'm late. Oh, that's okay. 
Uh, Rocky in the chat room says, where's Jenny Coffee when you need her? She usually scares Dave Bitcoin Gandhi <laughs> diddly away, LOL. <laughs> They've had some pretty epic uh, arguments on the show, uh, Jenny and uh, Dave Ridley. Uh, let's see. Crystal says, didn't Putin fire all the RT news because he didn't like their reports of the of Russia's role in the Ukrainian war. I'm not un- surprised. I'm unclear on that, actually. I, I, I saw a story about Russia today. I thought Russia today was done. But then uh, I'm not sure now because I've seen other things that say that, uh, no, that is not correct. Are they underground? Are they operating underground? I don't believe so. No. Maybe you operate underground. You ever think about that? Sometimes do you? <laughs> I think your 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 real real unleashed radio station is underground, isn't it? Wow! How <laughs> or, dare? Or is it above ground? <laughs> How dare you? Um, a little bit of welcome sarcasm uh, from Melanie La Liberty from the great state of Vermont, uh, referring to what Dave Ridley was saying. Uh, Melanie says, "You know, he's got a point. We never gave Hitler a chance to explain his side." Uh, maybe uh, we jump to conclusions there, too. <laughs> Point taken, Melanie. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Melanie also said dead bodies and blown up schools and churches seem like good evidence to make that decision as far as siding with Ukraine over Russia. You would think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jenny says there are not very fine people on both sides. Um, well, you know that you could say that about America. There are people that are not very fine here either. That's right. There are all over. There's all kinds all over the world. Unfortunately, that is correct. Yes, uh, Dirk in the chat room says not always. Too often, it's used as manipulation to push a narrative, which is an insult to even the destruction. Uh, to even the destruction came from. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Blanchard says we will never know what he does to people he wants to silence, referring to Vladimir Putin. Uh, we have an idea, don't we? He poisons a lot of them. Yes, he does. Yes, absolutely. Or he puts them in jail. Yes. When he poisons them and they come out of it, then I guess you're going to... He, he was supposed to be two and a half years in jail, and now they just resentence him to another, what, 25? His opponent? Oh, uh, Alexei Navalny? Yeah. yeah. Add another 25. So oh, yeah. That's how they keep him from talking. Yeah. And he's already arrested. They've already arrested over 14,000 who are not backing this this war. And they're probably all going to get hard labor. What kind of hard labor do they have there? What do they make them do? Dig for gold? I don't know. Maybe they send them to Siberia. And I say that only half kidding. They probably do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom says he couldn't understand a single word of that uh, Fear Factory song that I played. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, 540,000 degrees, which was a request from Dirk Don. Uh And Dirk uh, clarified in the chat room. Apparently, uh, that was a, um, uh, that's the temperature of a bomb when a bomb is detonated. Oh, the heat. Yes, the mm-hmm. heat. Uh, Jenny points out uh, one of the things the Russians are now doing in Ukraine, stripping Holocaust survivors naked to look for Nazi tattoos. They have gone over the cliff. They have gone over the cliff. Yeah. So um, those are some of the comments. Oh, hello to uh, Maddie Calmington, I see in the uh, Facebook live chat. Uh, hello, Maddie. So there's some other, uh, there's also a discussion in the Facebook live chat going on about social media, but I'll have to, to take a look at that later. Uh, but if you'd like to join us, uh, the People's Mayor is here, Glenn R.J. Willett. You can call us at 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. Why are you late, Glenn R.J. Willett? What do you do, a TV show on Thursdays or something? Of 
what did I do? I was on, oh, that's right. I was on Mary's show and I to sing one song and I played the wrong song, but because it was Oh Danny Boy and the parade is this Sunday, I figured, well, let's play it. Oh, yes. For uh, listeners uh, local to Manchester, there is, of course, a the St. Patrick's Day parade. We haven't had it for two years. It's supposed to be a good one. Really? Yes, they've come back to where they used to. It's 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 always been one of the best parades the city has. It's a big parade. It lasts almost two hours. Wow! It's a big parade. It's a big parade. Will you be marching in it? Lots of bands. No, I will. Don't you think you should be in the parade? You are the people's mayor. Well, the mayor... I mean, is it is it the people's parade? It, it, no, it should be. Oh. It should be the the mayor should be walking in it, and the board of mayor and aldermen and the school board members. Well, you should get to walk as but well. But they don't all walk in it. You know, some just. Won't even, won't even ride in it. Really? Yeah. No. Oh. Well, there you go. Uh, let's see this a uh, little bit of breaking news here. Uh, Putin says, uh, this is from thehill.com. Putin says unfriendly countries must now pay for Russian natural gas in rubles. Oh, really? Really? Yes, it says here, Russian President Vladimir Putin said Wednesday. Oh, this happened yesterday. That Russia will insist that unfriendly countries pay for Russian natural gas exports only in rubles going forward, according to reports. Uh, Putin told Russian government officials that a number of Western countries made, quote, illegitimate decisions on the so-called freezing of the Russian assets, unquote, which he claims has resulted in a line being crossed, quote, over reliability of their currencies, unquote, and has undermined the trust for those currencies. Trust me, if we gave him gold or american dollars he welcome it yes well the russian ruble is uh virtually it's uh, worth nothing so that means we're gonna get our gas for free pretty much right <laughs> well it's uh i mean the ruble is uh it's not worth that uh, they did open their stock exchange for the first time in almost a month today yes partially, partially. Right? They, did, they didn't open it all the way that means that if it goes down they'll close it if it dri- dips too low they'll just close it again yes Yes. It's not a free market. <laughs> uh, Mike Palapita from Queen City Cabinetry says, I heard they're going to be tossing real gold coins from a big giant gold pot to the people in the crowd. Really? Ooh, that's exciting. Now, that would be fun. If I, can, if, 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 if I take a bite of it and it doesn't break my jaw, then it must not be real. Mm-hmm. You know, they do have those, 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 those gold coins that are inside. It's all chocolate. That, that are chocolate. Ooh, I like those. Those are delicious like gold those. coins. Yes. Well, unless you forget to take the uh, the wrapper off. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. hard to chew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but potentially a good source of fiber. Uh, Rocky Huber says, do you think when they say hard labor as punishment, they mean listening to songs sung by Glenn? No. Ooh, shots. Funny. Shots fired. You got <laughs> served, son. The young people say that. You he know. just crossed the red line. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yikes. What's his favorite song? I don't know. Ask him. Why don't you ask him? He can hear you. What's your favorite song? <laughs> Maybe I can enlighten you. Wow. Oh, my. I'll tell you. <laughs> Well, that hurts. Does it? Uh, no, it doesn't hurt. No, no. You, 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 gotta have have a, you have to have a thick skin. You are the people's mayor, after yeah, you all. You have to have a thick skin. Uh, you Life's have, too short. You have a golden throat. I don't have a golden throat. You have the voice throat. of an angel, and it's uh, quite wonderful. Bah. Uh, let's see. <laughs> um, I'm just refreshing something here. There was something else I wanted to uh, to look at before we run out of time here. Um the most famous question that was asked today in 
Oh, where's that? Where 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 did they all meet today in uh, Brussels? In Brussels, was where? What is that red line that Russia has to cross for the world to make sure they stop a World War Three? And there's no answer. Well, I think we have to be careful about. Uh, well, I know we got to be careful, but there we have to be careful about red lines. They, I, I I think strategic ambiguity in this case is a good policy. Well, but they keep saying the red line. They should. Now, is is an atomic bomb a red line? Is uh, is well, uh, bio biotech a you, red line? It should be. We have a call. Hi, welcome to Matt Connors and Unleashed. Who's this? Oh boy, we can't have that. Who wow. was that? I think that was Mr. Krabs. Yeah, sounds pretty crabby to me. Yes, yes. <laughs> You're familiar with Mr. Krabs? No. <laughs> oh boy. Go back in your shell. <laughs> Well, that's a good idea. Uh, yes, uh, we've got uh, all these uh, characters around here. We've got Virtual Dave Ridley. We have Mr. Krabs. We have uh, 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 Stacy Martinez. Uh, Some bunch of friends you have. That's, uh, I agree. <laughs> yes, that's uh, quite the. Uh, Quite the cast of characters we've assembled around here. Jenny in the chat room says, "Obviously, a Putin supporter." I think that's true. Yeah, I think uh, I I think it makes sense to I I, I agree with I know some people will uh, say that you know uh, Biden isn't being tough enough or NATO isn't being tough enough, but I think it makes sense to not remember when Obama during the Obama administration drew a red line about if Assad uses chemical yeah, weapons yeah. in Syria and then Assad used chemical weapons and then you we know had, it's like well okay now well now what do we do? Well, we actually had we we had we had to go in. But I think it. I think it makes sense to. But how much can you tolerate, though? Remember, he's already talking about once he gets into Ukraine and gets it, as he's not going to, but he thinks he is. Right. Uh, then I'm going to go further because he wants all those countries to come back. But he won't be able to. No, of course not. I mean, this is this is what I've been saying is you know people are worried about you know what if he uh, tries to take for example. Um, Moldova next. Yeah, and it's that's like, what he wants to do next. But he's not. I don't. I don't see how he's going to have the capacity to do that. Convenient time and ask why they chose this time to call you. I can't believe you're having me to do this dumb shit. Oh, can't have that. I think that was Mr. Krabs again. Man, I feel like a woman. Do you? <laughs> uh, I don't. I think Mr. Krabs does though. But uh, you know. But coming back to 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 that point. Uh, if we would have not, if the world would not have, in, during World War II that was created, if we would not have gone after Hitler, we probably wouldn't even be here. There wouldn't be a globe. So right. there has to be a limit. And I just think, I mean, you have to let him know that he can't always be crossing that red line. The limit is an atomic weapon. Even today he said, it would only be meant would only be meant for Ukraine. That's still too far, because radiation travels. Oh, of course. I don't believe he's going to. Uh... I don't know. I think he's crazy. Do, do you really? You I really, really do? do. You really do? Because he does. He has no respect for life. It's obvious. Well, that's clear. You know, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't uh, in, in 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 the other war either. I don't. Uh, oh, by the way, Rocky Mysterious. in the chat room says, "Doesn't Mr. Krabs have a swim meet to win?" <laughs> Is that why he's crabby? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Can't find the water. Oh, boy. And then, 
chemical weapons, chemical warfare in 2022, that is no longer acceptable. The world well, cannot it never, accept it. It never was. I mean, well, it's it a never viola- was. But it's a violation of international law. But you can't let them get away with it because the more you get, the more you get away with it. It's like a child. You don't punish a child for doing something. They're going to keep doing it. You can threaten them all you want if you don't do anything. You have to enforce the rules. Right. But so I, I, that's why I understand why they, we cannot have a no-fly zone because it, right. that would put us, the world in a lot of trouble. Right. So, But if you're going to create some rules, and there are some rules, you can't cross that line. But we are continuing to punish him. Yeah, we are. But it, I'll ask, let me ask you this question. Are we punishing him and his, 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 his warlocks, whatever you want to call them, uh, the oligarchs, the oligarchs, or are we also, but we are also punishing the people of Russia who have nothing to do with this decision. In fact, most of them are not even in favor of this. I don't know about most of them, I, is, because there so they are, can't speak freely, right? But there are. I mean, we know that um, yes, thousands have been arrested for protesting, but we also know that there are some. There are stories of of, uh, Ukrainians who have family back in Russia who, when they communicate to their family what's going on in Ukraine, their their own families don't believe them or they think it's justified because a lot of, and it seems to be a phenomenon with older Russians who, uh, you know, we have to remember the media is, I mean, it truly is state-controlled media in Russia. So they're getting fed whatever, right, all the propaganda that Putin wants to feed them. Um, so from their perspective, what they're hearing all day, every day is that that this is a just war, that that uh, the nonsense about Ukraine had chemical weapons or was developing their nuclear program and all this and was a threat or or that NATO is is uh, menacing Russia and all that. So that's well, what well, they're first hearing. First of all, let's back up here. Ukraine years ago got rid of all their 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 chemical weapons and their atomic bombs. So how can he? How can they be threatening him with atomic weapons? They don't have any. Well, they got rid of all their nukes. I don't know if they ever had chemical weapons, did they? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we know they. If had they were part weapons. of Russia at one time, uh, Russia could have had labs, and it was all one country. Remember, it was SSR, the USSR. Yeah, the USSR. Back in the USSR. And that's never going to happen again. Yes. I hope not. Um. But I, I think that we have to be, getting back to your other point about, you know, what is the limit, what is enough? I mean, so far he has not used chemical weapons. Hopefully he doesn't. I don't believe he's going to use any nuclear weapons. But he wasn't I, going to use this, uh, the, the, the sonic bomb, and he did. But uh, what's that? He used this bomb that goes five, five times the speed of light, and when it, when, it, when it explodes, it's like a vapor. I mean, it just burns you. Oh, it's called a sonic something. Well, there's the hypersonic. That's it. The the, the hypersonic missiles. Yeah, he wasn't going to use that, and he did because he had no alternative. He wasn't winning. So right. is that the attitude he's going to use when he used an atomic bomb? He said he did say it, he didn't say it would be one of those big atomic bombs. It would be one that would just take care of Ukraine. It doesn't matter how small they would be. Radiation moves. Wait, what did he say exactly? He so he actually. Because I missed that. He he said he, he said would, he would do what he had to do if it meant to use an atomic weapon that would just take care of Ukraine. I want to look that up. But you can't do that with atomic weapons. Putin said he would bomb Ukraine. I'm looking that up because I well, want I want not to, bomb. Well, you, yeah, it is bombing. Use okay. well, I'm 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 you know using Google. So yeah. Putin said he would use atomic 
Um, Anything to win the war? Um. Well, now, Glenn, are you? What he says, he doesn't always mean. I understand that. No, but I, I wonder, are, are you a, actually, are you responding to his comments about existential threat? Because, because I can't find where he said that he would use a use the bomb for Ukraine specifically. But he has said, and he did say within the last couple of days, uh, reminding the world uh, that he would use nuclear weapons in the face of an existential threat. Which actually, now here's the funny thing How about can that. Ukraine even had that. Well, here's the thing. Well. R- Right. Here's the thing, though. In a way, if this is accurate, if this is what he said, there's actually um, a good thing, a, a, a positive in, in saying that. Because if he's saying that he would only use a nuclear weapon in the face of an existential threat, that's actually a reinforcement of the Russian doctrine, which is also the doctrine of the United States, mm-hmm. that a nuclear weapon is only to be used in the face Last of an existential th- threat. So, right. So, for example, yeah. if another country is attacking you with nuclear weapons, that is an existential threat. So you would use them in retaliation. Um, in fact, as recently as I think last year or the year before, the Russians had once again reaffirmed that uh, publicly, that they would only ever use nuclear weapons. And, and that goes back to when uh, Reagan and Gorbachev, you know, they agreed that, you know, a nuclear war is unwinnable and and that has been reaffirmed over the years. So him saying that is actually a good thing, I think, because it's a reminder. Okay, you know, in other words, he's saying, yeah, don't forget, I have these nukes, but I will only use them if Russia is attacked. He don't only have them, he has the most amount of them. Now, but then it says here, now this is interesting, so we should look at this more closely. So it says here, this is from Insider.com, Kremlin spokesperson says Putin would use weapons in the face of an existential threat. But then in the bullet points it says, Dmitry Peskov, a Kremlin spokesperson, refused on Tuesday to rule out the use of nukes. He did. Uh, He said, quote, if an existential threat, if it is an existential threat for our country, then it can be used, unquote. Russia's policy allows for it to use nuclear weapons in response to conventional warfare. So, now... That's not conventional warfare. Well, there's some competing concepts yeah. here. So Well, competing contradictions, too, I think. So to say existential threat, that would, to me, mean that if someone were to directly nuclear, with a, uh, launch a nuclear attack on Russia. But... Well, Ukraine will not do that because they don't have any. Well, but the thing is, so there has been this other question that has arisen about Russian doctrine saying that they can use, even though they never have, they can potentially use tactical nukes. You know, those low-yield... That's what I was talking about. Just for Ukraine, because it's small. Right. And, but radiation still travels. Because they have... They have um, deployed them before. We didn't know it at the time, but in the Cuban Missile Crisis, yeah. when... They didn't use them, but they deployed them. Right, when JFK was going to potentially attack... Uh, try to take out those, uh, you know, the Russian missiles, yeah. missiles in Cuba that they were putting there. Um, the Russians on the ground in Cuba at the time had tactical battlefield nukes um, that they could have used. So we would have been walking right into that had we invaded Cuba. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, it never came to that. And Kennedy didn't know that at the time. American intelligence only knew about the nukes that they were putting there, did not know about the battlefield nukes that they had uh, with them 
which they could have used. So that would have been catastrophic, not only because of what it would have escalated mm-hmm. into, but it would have been catastrophic from the moment that uh, the United States began attacking Cuba. Did you also hear today that uh, a week ago they were about nine to ten miles away from this from Kiev, and t- and yesterday they were twenty five, and now they're thirty five. That means they're being pushed back by the Ukrainian military. The, the military. Yes. And that must anger him a lot. He must have a lot of hot air coming out of his ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's... Um, Quite a bully. Absolutely. But this is why I don't think, you know, getting back to the thing about, you know, where does he stop? I still say, and I know people are, are worried about where does he go from here beyond Ukraine, but... I just don't think he goes any further because I just don't see how he'll be able to. Th- well, this has gone all, so badly. He will lose his position before that happens. They're already talking. Even the people that support him, that he's even losing some of his generals. They're dying. Who's killing these generals? I know who's killing them. Do you know who's killing them? You, the Ukrainians. No, 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 They're no. They're getting killed on the battlefield. Also the ones in Washington. If you don't behave, what does he do to his people that don't behave? They're dead. Yeah. Well, yeah. And some, one of them, who now lives in the United States, because he had been in Russia a generation ago or so, and he's still a, a millionaire or a billionaire, said on TV this week that he would pay someone a million dollars. And, and then the reporters said, be careful, because that's a threat to him, and he can take you out for that. By the way, Tom Blanchard in the chat says, I think he's running out of ammunition. Yeah. By the way, that's so, why he's talking about nukes. Yes, and that's another reason too, though, why I think the current policy is working. As the president said today, it, it takes time with the sanctions. It we have to time. be a little bit of patience. Yes, have patience. But not only does the patience, if we do have the patience, assuming Putin doesn't escalate to chemical or nuclear weapons, of course, that is a risk. But assuming we have the patience to see this through on our current course, where we continue to keep on the pressure and continue to imp- increase the pressure economically. Not only does the Russian economy continue to be ground into dust, <laughs> which is uh, wonderful to see under the circumstances, but yes, he is running out of ammunition, and war costs money. A lot of it. And, and he's, he's out of it. And he's, yep, and he's had to go hat in hand and to today, China. One of the, yes, today one of the things he said was he was very angry at the West for, 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 for uh, taking out, what do they call it, for, um, when you take away your money, you... Um, they didn't steal it. They froze it. Oh, yeah. Froze the assets. They froze his yeah. assets. He yeah. said that that was illegal. <laughs> yeah. Really? How many things does he do that's illegal? Right. Um, so I, I, I personally don't trust him. He may not be crazy, but he's crazy enough. He'll do anything to win. He, there, there's no other way out. He can't save his face right now. There's no way. Yeah. It's gone too far. Um, he just sent eight thousand ukrainians into russia saying they voluntarily wanted to go in and now we know that's not true because some of them have talked about it. they were put on those trains yeah and will they get hard labor they'll probably look into them and if they're on the wrong side they'll get their hard labor it, i um we're just going backwards in time not good news it says here uh Russian, again, this is from Insider, Russian President uh, Vladimir Putin would use nukes uh, only if he felt the country's very existence was being threatened, according to Dmitry Peskov, a Kremlin spokesperson. In an interview with, oh, I did see this 
I saw the video of this. In an interview with Christiane Amanpour, Peskov said Putin's threat to use nukes was meant to send a message, quote, President Putin intends to make the world listen to and understand our concerns. We've been trying to convey our concerns to the world, to Europe, to the United States for a couple of decades, but no one would listen to us, unquote. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, you know, he's referring to NATO, concerns mm -hmm. about NATO expansion. Um, but today he also said that Kashmir uh, was stolen from them. Excuse me, he's the one that invaded that. that, that Did that, he say that? Yeah, that, and that's why he wants it back. He, wants, he will never get... Part of the treaty that they're trying to get in Ukraine is that if they stop the war, they won't back their territory. He'll never do that because it was stolen from them. It was not stolen from them. What's his name? Gave it to them. It was when when they uh, when SS, USSR failed, it was that piece of land was given to them. Yes. Well, Glenn, we are just about out of time. Wow, already? Yes, already. It's almost well. You came in late. It's almost. Uh, I guess I did. It's almost six p.m. So it's wonderful to see you. And uh, when your show, uh, obviously it was live, but it does re-air. Would you yes. like to plug when your show is on? Uh, Saturday at uh, 8 p.m., uh, Monday at 9 a.m., Tuesday at 1 p.m., and a couple of times in between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. in the morning for those of you that live 8 to 12 hours ahead of us. And so uh, this week it was on Ukraine. To, next week will be part two, and we'll actually have people from Ukraine. Oh, really? On the show. Well, we need to tell people where they can see that. If you go to ManchesterTV.org, ManchesterTV.org, you can view uh, Glenn's program. You open it up and pick TV23, but you can only do that because we don't have on demand the times that I gave you. Yes. What were those times again? Uh, Saturday, 8 p.m., uh, Monday, 9 a.m., Tuesday, 1 p.m., and a couple of times in between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. for those of you who live Outside the world. Yes. Well, outside not, the not world. Outside, half, <laughs> halfway around the world. <laughs> Wrong choice of words. What's the, uh, I don't even know what time zone it is on Mars, if that's what you're referring no, to. No, I wouldn't want to find out either. <laughs> right. That's right. You'll melt by then. Yes. All right. Very good. Thank you, Glenn R.J. Willette. And uh, we will begin to wrap up. Thank you to all of our callers today, everybody in the Facebook live chat. And uh, we'll uh, wrap up with uh, with a little uh, John Lennon, I think. But uh, if you miss any part of today's show, it will be up in just a little bit at WMNHradio.org and at my website, MattConnerton.com. Don't forget tomorrow, Eric Pilcher's classic film review. And this week, the subject is Animal House, uh, a very, very funny film. Nice. And uh, I've already heard the review, but it's excellent. And I look forward to sharing it with all of you. And who knows, perhaps tomorrow... I will have news. I will have an official announcement on our brand new sponsor here. So uh -huh. really looking forward to that, to uh, sharing that with all of you. But uh, that's going to do it for us for now. Thanks, Glenn. And I'll talk to y'all a little bit later. Bye, everybody. Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bathroom remodels the just because deal hey oh what's this breakfast from mickey d's for me yep why because it's morning and you like mcdonald's let's eat while it's hot there's a deal for every act of kindness at mcdonald's 
The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required.